I actually did a, a master's thesis on like it's all about the silhouette. So when you're posing, you gotta like take a look at the silhouette of the persons. Back in the Stone Age, when we were all cavemen, usually when somebody comes in front of the cave, um, you could only see the silhouette. So now like you have a split second to decide, is it dangerous to me or is it a friend, you know? So what I do is usually I just imagine the person like as a silhouette, the outline of the person and see if that is readable. If you're a natural-born marketer, you're one lucky son of a gun. If you're like most people, marketing, especially online marketing, is about as appealing as standing in a police lineup. The May Create team of creatives has transformed websites and digital marketing from craptastic to fantastic since 2005. Our podcast, Marketing with Purpose, makes sense of marketing so you can make purposeful decisions instead of carrying on with the same old crap you've been doing. And now your host, Monica Pitts, founder of May Create, with another episode on how to make your marketing not suck. Hello again, and welcome back to Marketing with Purpose. My name is Monica Pitts, and I am your host today. And with me, I have a special guest. I have Mark, and he is our first international guest on Marketing with Purpose. So you should get like some type of plaque or something like in the office when, when you walk there. First international guest on Marketing with Purpose, Mark. And he is with the Content Creation Studio Academy. I invited him on today to teach me and you about how to take better photos for your website using your phone and maybe why you wouldn't use your phone too, if that's something that might be on the table for you. So Mark, why don't you start by introducing yourself and producing your last or pronouncing your last name correctly and telling us about your business. Yeah. So hello, hello everybody. Um, my name is Mark. Thank you so much for having me here. And uh, I live in Austria, which is a country in Europe. So it's not Australia, it's Austria. We have more cows than kangaroos. I'm sorry. No, no said you said it, it right, actually. I think, Inspired. I think you said it right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, okay. that was, that was, that was totally okay. Um, and um, I always mention like, because uh, Australia and Austria are very similar, except for the the, the animals that live there. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, so I do like I've been a um, a professional photographer for the last ten years uh, uh, plus, and a professional filmmaker for over fifteen years. And what I actually do in my business online is actually help like online businesses, online course creators, uh, membership owners, everybody that needs to make like videos for their social media, for their business, um, look great, sound great, and feel great on video. So it's not only including the audio, it's also including the pictures, which we're going to be talking about today, how to take picture, better pictures, right? And um, yeah. yeah. Man, that sounds like amazing. Cause I know a lot of people, when they get in front of a camera, they get really nervous and then they don't feel like they look great or sound great and they don't feel great. So I'm glad that you helped them with that because people get freaked out about that. They really do. So, okay. I think we just need to start at the top with this photo taking thing because I'm, I'm a designer. I know what people give me and what I have to deal with. Right. And I think that there's a lot of people who are venturing into doing their own marketing or updating their own website or even building their own website. And they haven't been a designer for the last 20 years. And so they don't know what can or can't like make or break the way that their site looks. So I feel like maybe we just start with, do you want to start with either the pros and cons of using an iPhone versus a camera or just like what to look for when you're taking your photos? Sure, sure. Well, so 
you can use actually any phone, any, any camera you have, right? So it's like one thing that's more important than like the camera you're using is like the light and um, the composition. And also like the moment, the, um, the moment you're like taking the picture. So, but we're going to be talking more about like the iPhone today, because most people have an iPhone in their pocket and mm -hmm. some people like also have like a Samsung phone or whatever you have. It doesn't really matter all that much. So let me talk about the pros and cons of using your iPhone versus a DSLR, which is like one of the big cameras or a mirrorless camera, which is like a DSLR, just a little bit smaller, but without the mirror inside. You don't have to know much about this, but those are like the cameras that most professionals use or um, people that are like just starting out with photography. Sometimes they get like this big camera and the quality is like really good, right? Um, let's talk about the iPhone now. So the pros about using an iPhone is that it's always in your pocket. So anytime you want to take a picture, just take your iPhone out of your pocket, then uh, like press the camera icon and then go ahead and take a picture, right? And you can always practice with your iPhone which means you don't have to like transfer the pictures to your computer or something like that. You can just use your, the pictures in your, on your iPhone. You can review the pictures and see what you're doing, what you can do better next time. You know, like all those things, like, like um, you can document like ideas you have. So that's like one thing you can always, it's always in your pocket and you can always edit on your iPhone too. So when we take a picture with a DSLR or mirrorless camera, we have to transfer it to our computer in order to like edit it. And then you'll need a special software to edit it. Some DSLRs have editing mode built in, um, but they're not, it's not really that good. So you can actually crop. Yeah. <laughs> you can crop in your camera with, with more of the more modern, like, um, DSLRs and mirrorless cameras, right? You can do like the color correction stuff like that, but still it's always better to like do it either on your computer or just use your iPhone and do it in your phone. The cons, the, um, the bad things about like, uh, the not so good things about using your phone is that in low light, it's really bad. So you need a lot of light to take a picture with your phone because the sensor in your iPhone or in any phone is actually pretty small. And the sensor, so that's like the, um, the chip, like it's not really a chip, but it's like a sensor in your phone that, that picks up all the light. In a DSLR or mirrorless camera is like a lot bigger. It's like really, really, like really big. And the bigger the sensor is, the more light it um, can like um, suck up, right? And the more light it gets into mm -hmm. the sensor, the better the image quality is gonna be. And the better it's gonna be in low light. So low light is really bad for your phone. If you're taking a picture and the light's not good or not enough light in the room, then it'll look really bad because the, especially the dark parts of your picture are gonna be looking really grainy. And it's gonna be, uh, there's gonna be a lot of compression, which are the little blocks. You probably saw that in a couple of pictures or like, like really like rectangles and blocks in your picture. That happens if you're taking pictures in low light. And there's also a lot of, um, yeah, like I said before, compression going on. Compression is like reducing the image quality, right? And that can could actually be avoided by choosing a different image format, um, but still better to um, see that you have enough light if you're taking pictures of your phone. So those are the pros and cons of using your iPhone versus a DSLR. I've definitely noticed, like as someone who's had to be responsible for editing many photos in my life, that if you have way too much light or not enough at all, correcting those photos is, I'm not going to say it's impossible because I, I know some people who are really masters with Photoshop, but it is not easy. And you just end up 
not looking your best. And we all want to look our best when we're putting ourselves in our marketing. So I, I do agree. Paying attention to lighting is a big deal and it'll make your designer's life so much easier if it is lit somewhere near appropriately from the beginning. I wonder, since we're talking about lighting, do you have any lighting tips that you want to share with them? Yes, um, absolutely. So to, to make sure it's really yeah, good. So, um, Great that you mentioned this. Um, it's not only about the amount of light that's coming in, it's also about the um, direction of the light. So the thing is a lot of people take pictures, they just look at the background. They just look like if the makeup's okay, if they like they're wearing the right thing and if the background's great and then they just take a picture, right? And it's like, okay, it's gonna be a great picture because I, I look great and the background's great, right? Um, the problem is like, they're not really looking at the lighting. So sometimes if your lighting is coming from the side, it'll make you look 10 to 15 years older. And if your lighting is coming from the front, it might make you look 10 years younger. So keep that in mind. If you're, when you're taking pictures, always, always like um, check where the lighting is coming from. It should be coming from the front, but beware of sunlight. So if you're outside, the sun is shining, it's not cloudy and you're having the lighting from the front or from above you, right? That will make you, that will yes. make you look good. So always take a picture in a cloudy day if you're using um, natural lighting. If you're using lighting that's coming from the sun, take a picture on a cloudy day or near a window, like something to diffuse the light a bit. And that will make you look a lot, lot better and a lot, lot younger. If you want to look young, like if you're 15 and want to take a picture and you look 10 years younger, you don't like to want to look like five years old, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's also the gloom, uh, the gloaming period. I, I think that's oh. what they call it, like at twilight. And I love when we take vacations with my kids, they get all dressed up for dinner and we're wandering around and the sun is starting to set. And I'm like, everybody stop. <laughs> and I get the best photos of them right then because everything is just a little rosy and they look so beautiful in that like sunset light, not, not extreme sunset, you know, but just before the sun sets and everything isn't as harsh and they're this nice kind of peach. Absolutely. Humans. It was like the best, the so best pretty. wedding and portrait photograph of pictures actually that's the best time of day to like take pictures when the sun's rising or when the sun is like um, setting so those are like the best times um but it has to like fit to like the um the image you want to get out uh, like you know like depending like the company you have and and what your website look and um supposed to like be but those are really great pictures so one thing I, I thought was interesting about what you just said was people just look at the background and I like, okay. So when I started my company, I was inside of a real estate office and I started as an independent contractor. I built their website. I built their agents' websites and builders' websites and that kind of thing. But I was also responsible for taking pictures of all of the houses. Um, and it was amazing the pictures that would come back to me from the agents because I would be like, okay, friends, like there's toothpaste on the counter. There's clearly like dirt over here or there. You know, it's just, they didn't look at what they were taking a picture of. And with my construction companies, I'm like, Hey, you guys got to clean up the job site a little bit. We don't want trash in this picture. It needs to be clean. Um, you know, look at, is there a dumpster in the middle of the picture? Cause if there is, then don't take it from that angle, move and take it from someplace else. And then when I get pictures from people like in their offices and stuff, sometimes they'll do like candid staff photos and my desk is a mess. 
So I would always clean my desk before anybody took my picture in front of it, but other people don't. And it's just like piles and piles of like manila folders, like stacked up on their desk. And I'm like, wait a second, friends, like (laughs) clean it up. So I'm glad that you feel like they might be paying attention to the background. And maybe some people are, but I also know that some people really are not. So I just wanted to say, Hey, look at the whole picture, not just your face, because (laughs) there's all kinds of distractions in it that somebody can just latch on to like, there's food on that counter, friends. Food. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's like, it, it could go viral. Like if you post something on on Instagram and there's like something like really weird on your kitchen table or something like that, you know, like that, that could go viral, you know, like, um, but still like it's, it is, it is better to remove those things before taking a picture. Like um, in filmmaking, because I'm a filmmaker, we always only add stuff to the scene that tell a story that that actually adds to the story so if there's something in a scene we just you know, like we're going through the lens of is this something that tells that that supports the story of what we're going to show in the picture or it's not if it's not supporting like the um the, the story you want to tell with the picture then just leave it out right i mean you could actually remove that in photoshop later on but that's just going to be more expensive because the designer will be it's not always possible gotta say right but the designer will have to like spend more hours like trying to fix the picture and uh, of course like it, designers have hourly rates right so if you just remove it that's like five seconds of work instead of paying a designer 30 yeah. minutes to, like to remove it later on yeah that is a great point i love that so friends as you are looking at the scene of your photos make sure you only have the stuff in it that you need to tell the story <laughs> amen which means I need to take a lot of stuff off of my desk before I start taking pictures. <laughs> so as you're taking pictures, um, I, I mean, like, so some people would just use the native camera app in their phone. Is that the best way to do it? And then how do you edit it in your phone? Cause you talked about editing it in your phone as well. Is that yeah, okay? Sure. Absolutely. So depending on where you want to like, um, where the pictures are supposed to be, like if the pictures are supposed to be in a magazine in magazine or like in a big, big poster that you can see like on the highways or something like that, it's actually better to use um, a professional camera because the phones, they compress the picture mm-hmm. a lot. So they add like this compression, which usually we photographers and graphic designers can see. Um, but it looks, if you blow up the picture size, it doesn't look good. It looks like really, well, it looks, it doesn't look good. So, but for small stuff, like if you're doing a website, you know, like, or, or something that most people view in their phone, because most websites, like I think 80% or something like that, you, please correct me if I'm wrong, are viewed most 80% or, or 90% of websites are actually viewed in their phone. Right. So you don't really need, you don't really need like, um, a high end camera to, to do that. And most phones have like built in, mm-hmm. um, picture styles or, or filters, you know, like that really good. And, but you got to take care about using filters because there's some filters that like blur the heck out of your picture and that doesn't look professional. So always consult with your graphic designer or with somebody or a photographer that can like, um, give you a, a couple of insights on what to use and what not to use, um, or actually just hire a photographer because, um, that will save you a lot of time and you'll get, you get a lot better pictures because they know exactly how to deal with like um, composition, how to deal like they can actually, it's hard to like take a picture of yourself or somebody else. If you don't know like how to, how to like um, make people smile. Cause we know how to make people smile. Like it's so easy, you know? Um, but one tip to like make somebody else smile, if you're like taking pictures of your boss or something like that, 
um, and you are like in the social media um, department, just smile yourself. You're smiling when you're taking a picture. They usually smile back. It's like reciprocity. It's like mirroring. So that's that's like one big tip to to try out. Yeah, and also I feel like. Um, one strange tip that just came to my mind with pictures of people is on your staff page, it's actually a lot easier in the long run, even though it might not feel like it, to take individual photos of people and put them in the website as individuals instead of having one big group photo. Because if someone leaves, then that group photo has to be modified or retaken. And I can't tell you how many people's heads I have photoshopped out of pictures and put new people's <laughs> heads on them <laughs> in group photos. So that's just a really strange side note there, but like take individual photos. Oh, that's friends. such a good tip. <laughs> and um, so with individual photos, we talked a little bit before we came on air about using the right lens. And I was telling you a story about how I, Ellis, my oldest child, she's 12. She was all dressed up for a concert. I took her picture with my new phone and she had a forehead that was twice as big as it was supposed to be. And her whole body was distorted. She looked like a different human. Like she didn't even look like herself at all. And I could not figure out what was going on. And you were just explaining to me like the different lenses and how they can distort different people. So why don't you explain that to everybody else since yeah. <laughs> clearly yeah. I'm screwing up my poor daughter's <laughs> pictures. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is with the um, lenses is that uh, a lot of people online, like a lot of influencers, a lot of YouTube channels, they recommend getting getting a wide angle lens, like a 16 millimeter or something like that or using the wide angle lens in your phone. The thing with wide angle is the nearer you go, um, the more it's gonna distort your face or whatever you're taking a picture of. So it's it's pulling those things apart. So it's pulling them like um, the stuff that are nearer are going to be bigger and the stuff everything that's farther away is gonna be like really tiny. So if you take a picture of yourself with a wide angle lens, you'll see a lot of background you'll see a lot of your nose. Your nose is going to be like the biggest thing in the picture. <laughs> and your ears are going to disappear. Big yeah, nose. big nose, right? If you, if you want a big nose, okay, yeah, take a picture with a wide angle lens. And then like uh, most like teenagers, especially like our daughter's a teenager too. Like, um, I guess like, I mean, she doesn't take pictures of herself, but um, most of them, like when they're taking, you're taking your selfie, right? You usually hold it up higher because that makes you look cute, right? The problem is like, I mean, yeah. your head gets like really big, like, like, it is like more like a, a cute picture, but the problem is like the forehead. So everything that's nearer to the camera will get humongous, right? Then your ears will disappear. Mm -hmm. And if you take a picture of yourself, your hairline is going to go back further behind your head, right? <laughs> Depending on like what um, type of wide angle lens you're using. So the more wide angle it is, the more it's going to distort your face. And people don't look like that. So like once you meet, the, they meet you in person and they're like, hey, where's this guy with a big head? And, um, oh, that's actually me, <laughs> you know, and the big forehead. So it's, you, they, you might, yeah, people might be, um, uh, <laughs> they might be like really um, confused when they like meet you in person. You're not the person that's on the picture. Yeah. And I think too, with um, ladies, because us ladies, when we reach our, you know, mid forties and then push onto our fifties, we get a little self-conscious about having photos taken of us because we don't look like we're 20 anymore, or maybe you don't have that problem. Okay. In which case more power to you, you are totally BA. Um, but then we start worrying about our necks and weird stuff that we've never worried about before. So, um, just 
<laughs> are there any tips? Like you said, make sure that the lighting is right in front of you. That's going to make you look younger. Don't bring it on from the side. Um, if you don't want to look like you have a receding hairline, you're not going to take it with a wide angle. Um, are there any other tips that you can give some of us folks who yeah. want to look nice and springy? <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the next thing because that <laughs> happens a lot. So a lot of people take pictures and they want to move back further away from the camera. So what do they do? They put your head back further, which lets their neck and their chin become one, unite, you know, like, so that's like, <laughs> and then they get like a second chin because it, that's what that has happened. So your second chin says hi. And um, another thing that happens, a lot of people like take pictures from them from below because they, they look, they'll look more uh -huh. powerful, right? Because if you take a picture of somebody from below, usually more powerful. If you take a picture of somebody from above, they look um, less powerful. So that's like something we do when we mm -hmm. take a picture of people we don't like. We usually take a picture from them, like from a certain perspective, like from the top, like they, they look really tiny. Yeah. And if you like somebody, you want to make them like, want to elevate them, you take a picture from below. But the problem is if you take a picture of somebody from below and they look into the camera, their chin goes down yeah, towards your neck and then the neck disappears. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Okay. So um, my tip for you <laughs> is to actually sit up, stand up straight, sit up straight, um, put your chest out. Okay. And then, and then just um, do not look down. Do not look down. Just look straight ahead, straight ahead. Um, we usually always mm -hmm. look into the camera, but um, if you have a bad photographer, somebody taking a picture, um, that positions the camera a lot wrong, then your head's going to follow the camera and that won't look good if they don't know what you're doing. So what I usually do is I take a picture, not at eye level, but a slightly below eye level because then um, the um, it, it just looks more natural. So that's like what I do. Because if you put it in eye level, most people taking pictures of other people at eye level tilt the camera. And you should never tilt the camera. Like that's something I learned after taking over a million portraits because like it's like something I do, yeah. right? Never tilt the camera unless you know what you're doing. So you can use it to your advantage if you know what you're mm -hmm. doing, but if you know the rules, you can break them. But if you don't know the rules, do not tilt the camera downwards. Do not tilt the camera upwards <laughs> unless you want to do like uh, an artsy picture where you really know what you're doing, right? So, okay, that's like one of the tips. The other tip is like um, on posing, like should we go there or? Sure, I like hearing <laughs> okay, about great, posing. Great. That's good. I mean, not posing like as in trying to be yeah, someone you're yeah. not, but how to like, you know, sit nice and, and look pretty because sure. I really don't know the rules to it at all. I just look at it and I'm like, you look weird. Try <laughs> okay, this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of, there are a lot of um, things you can like, um, there's just, there's a concept called leading lines. Um, if you have your arms okay. straight, the, um, your eye tends to follow the line of your arm towards your head. Right. So, if you okay. have like stuff like on a screen that are like lines leading from outside the picture into the picture, that's great because it leads the viewer from outside the picture into the picture, right? Depending like how you crop the picture. So when you're posing, you gotta like take a look at the silhouette of the person. So what I do is usually I just imagine the person like as a silhouette. So like, we're not looking at all the different like, um, you know, things, you know, like in, in the person's, but we're looking at the silhouette, the outside, the, the outline of the person and see if that is readable. Okay. So, um, with that in mind, it's actually easy to take good, good, um, posts, uh, pictures that are, that always look natural. If you can like read the person from the silhouette alone, 
Um, I actually did a, a master's thesis on, on that. Like it's all about the silhouette, actually how to understand because it's really, really powerful. Like back in the stone age, like when we were all cavemen, I don't even know if it's true, right? Usually when somebody comes in front of the cave, um, you could only see the silhouette because they're lit from behind. So now like you have a split second to decide, is that, is that um, thing in front of the cave, is it, is it, a da- is it a dangerous to me or is it a friend, you know? You know, so that's like what you can see, like if it's a sable, uh, 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 if it's, if it's like um, a, a dinosaur or something like that, and like that wants to eat you, then you know, like from the silhouette alone that it's dangerous, right? And the same thing can, can be like with the, um, yeah. with, with, with people, like, you know, you can work with the silhouette. If it's readable, then people tend to like um, sympathize more with the person. If it's just something where like you're hiding your hands in front of you um, and like the silhouette's like just a blotch, you know, like it's really hard for them to like, they, they need longer to like really understand the person at first, first sight. It's just, it's more like an unconscious kind of thing going on. And then you can use colors, for example, and um, light and dark to like make the readability a lot, a lot better, right? So if I put somebody that has a dark, um, shirt in front of another person that has a dark shirt, then that will merge into one silhouette. So what I usually do is I put, mm-hmm. yeah, one, one shape, shape, right? One shape, right? So what I usually do is put like, um, is I mix it up sometimes. So I, I, I see like the sil- that the silhouettes are readable. So maybe somebody has something white on or, or something like bright and I'll put them in the background, something like that. So the silhouette of the person in the front, uh, in the front um, is readable. So that's like one thing you can do. Yeah. So those are like, those are just a couple of tips um, from a professional photographer that most people do not know, or um, it's hard to like find on the internet because nobody really talks about it. But if you keep that in mind, the silhouette, then you're actually, actually good to go. Well, I like that too, because so, so translating it into my own designer weird world, right? So whenever we make websites, people will want to put a whole bunch of things in all caps because it's really trendy and the thing is, is that when you're putting things in all capital letters, you can put a few words in all capital letters and that's fine because my brain does not take very long to process those few words. But the second that you start putting more than a few words in all capital letters, you stop allowing yourself to recognize the shape of the word. So now I have to think about what I'm reading and making people yeah. think it's bad. So um, I know it's, that's, it should be like a subconscious thing, right? So when you look at a person's silhouette, what you don't know is that your subconscious mind is reading their body language and they're, they're understanding this person and interpreting them, right? And it's the same thing with the shape of the words and why they have to be in uppercase <laughs> and lowercase letters is because I have to be able to see the silhouette of the word so that way I know what the word is and I can have like a, a fast reading experience that also I can do subconsciously and not think about. There absolutely. you go. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to your fonts, yeah, my friends. <laughs> I could do whole podcasts about fonts and people would be like, what is wrong? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to (laughs) listen to that podcast. Uh, uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'll just go crazy about it. Okay. So a few other things that we were going to talk about is like, okay, so for me putting pictures in a website or for somebody else putting pictures in a website, I think that orientation is important because sometimes, you know, okay, so try to explain this to people. They want things to be very organized. They want it to feel super organized. They want it to feel professional and uniform most of the time. And if you have photos that are all um, horizontal and then you have one that's vertical, 
it, that vertical one is an interesting beast because it doesn't, it doesn't fit the same pattern as all your other pictures. Or if you are taking vertical photos, but you have the intention of using them as big masthead images up in the header of your website. Well, that stinks because you're taking the story, part of the story out of the photo. You miss the stuff at the top. You miss the stuff at the bottom. And then you end up with this, like this chunk of an image, which sometimes tells a story, but sometimes it doesn't. And so I was hoping that you could give them some tips about orientation or, or explain how you go about making sure that you have all the images that you might possibly need yeah. <laughs> for a lovely designer <laughs> like myself. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, the thing is when I take pictures for a website or for, um, a magazine or something like that, I usually always take a horizontal and a vertical picture of the same image. So, and um, another thing to do, like it just, it has to be like automatic, right? Like when you're, when you're taking a picture, always, always take two pictures horizontally, two pictures vertically, vertically. The reason you're taking two pictures or more is because people blink and the more people you have on the screen, right? The more people you're taking picture of, the more, the, the higher the possibility that somebody's going to blink. Okay. So then what happens, like when you take like one picture, a group picture, right? And you give it to your designer and they're like, two people with the eyes closed, you can't open the eyes later on. It's, uh, well, it's really interesting and they look like <laughs> owls sometimes. I mean, I do have a designer who has the ability to open your eyes, but it is, he's so good. Um, but <laughs> sometimes if you don't do it right, it is weird yeah, looking yeah. like really weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could take picture, uh, like, uh, eyes from like another picture where your eyes are open and add it to the same picture if the lighting is the same. Um, some people do that, but just, uh, it's better to just, um, just take a couple more pictures because it's just, it's all digital, right? Unless you're like fil uh, taking pictures yeah. in film, which nobody does nowadays really, but because it's digital, yeah. just take yeah. just take five pictures. Like when I take a group picture and there's like a big group of people, I take five pictures, right? And then and then like choose the best one. And if ever somebody has like yeah. their eyes closed, then yeah, okay, sure. And take the eyes from somebody else and like from the same person, right? And put it put it like you know that's easier to fix than if like multiple people have their eyes closed. So that's like one thing. The next thing is um, keep in mind that sometimes you'll need to put text on top of the um, image, right? So if there's no space on top of your head and you want to put text there, there's no way to like um, to to add background there because the computer doesn't know like how your background was. There is AI. There's like content aware fill like in Photoshop where they like computer like like and guesses like how the background looks like, right? But it's not always, it's not your background, you know, like it's just like something. Mm -hmm. And there's also an image like artificial intelligence that can like um, take a picture that's bad quality and make it good quality or or um, or resize it so that they can like really print it in the poster, but it's not really used. They're taking pictures of somebody else. They're using um, images that belongs to another person and trying to like make, you know, and, and just, pasting it on your, on your face. Right. So, uh, keep that in mind. It's always mm -hmm. better to have an original picture and the best quality and the highest resolution possible. So resolution is like, um, the, the size of your image, like the, um, you know, the actual size mm -hmm. and give that to your designer. And then, um, step, take a few steps back because if you're too near and you crop out the picture, so it's perfect. The problem is maybe the designer needs a different, different, um, part of that image, right? So if you just take one or two steps back, you'll have more of the background. Your designer can always cut out the parts that they need depending on what they have in mind for your website. 
Yeah. It's think about if you're a scrapbooker, it's like scrapbooking. Like you, you just don't know, do you need a square image? Are you going to have a circle image? Are you going to have a rectangle image? And if you take it cropped perfectly, you don't give yourself the opportunity to use it in different scenarios and you just don't know what the design is going to need. And so I feel like you're, it's, it's weird because most of the time we're taking these pictures and we want them to be perfect once they're taken. But when you're taking pictures that are part of another thing, like you're gathering supplies at a craft store to put them together into your project, which is your website, you want the raw materials, you know, that way you can make sure that you can use them. And so taking them from farther back and taking lots of yeah, them yeah. from a blinker, I'm a blinker. <laughs> yeah, me um, too. Yeah, maybe yeah. you'll and, and why Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna go back to what you said earlier. Like, you know, while we did say that we can replace your eyeballs, it's an hourly yeah. rate. <laughs> like you're paying for someone to replace all those eyeballs. And it's better just to take the right picture to start and not, I mean, and especially I don't even want to dive into video, but like, man. That's just a mess when you have to start yeah. fixing stuff in there because yeah. it's moving yeah. and you're like, man, I should have just done that right the first time. Whew. Oh, that, that's that, a lot that of work. So I come from a, a visual effects, like, um, um, exp like I, I would actually specialize in that. So we were like making worlds that do not exist. And, um, a lot of like people like, like fellow, like, um, students that like studied with me in the film school, they're, they're like working on Aquaman and Spider-Man and all the big, big projects. Right. Um, and that's like, really it takes a long time to like fix stuff, you know, like if you don't do it right and that's our job, we try to fix stuff, but it's, it's just like, why don't you just um, take the picture, uh, correctly. So we have less work and it'll just cost you less because, you know, because you can, you don't have the hour rate. But another thing I want to talk, say is that, um, if you like really, you make a picture and you really love it, like, you know, there's like this one picture where you like look really good at it. Um, and then you crop it wrong, right? You're cropping like two, like, uh, you know, like we can't, we can't add stuff later on. So you'll have to make another picture. And if that picture might not be as good as the picture you made before. So it's always good to, to take the chance and like really, really keep that in mind and make, make, take a picture where it's a little bit far away because then that might be your favorite picture. You know, like, you know, you never it might be a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So yeah. So yeah. that's, that's just a little, little tip, I guess. Okay. So as we are um, winding down, I feel like, hmm, what are some, let, let's think really tech tech right mm -hmm. now. Um, Cause that's fun. Right. So let's give them a few tips about like transferring photos to their computers, because it's going to have to come off of your phone somehow and get to somewhere that they can use it to put it in their website. Odds are pretty good. And um, if there's any image format suggestions that you might have for that little tech yeah, piece there. Um, sure. Um, so the thing is, um, some phones, like they take a picture in a proprietary format. So it's a format that's only available for that type of phone, like iPhones, they like uh, introduced new formats like uh, lately, right? And those phones aren't really that compatible with like what we need for websites. We can like, you know, like convert it, right? And take it out. But um, if possible, like 
the first thing you got to do is um, really take um, pictures in high quality, the highest quality possible. So what a lot of people do, they take a picture, they transfer it to their, their computer somehow or send it via email. Um, one thing that really gives us big problems is that if you like um, embed it in an email, because the quality is going to be like really bad and we can't use those pictures because um, the, the embedding itself compresses the picture. It's like, um, like removing information from the picture. So it gets really small and then we get the, a bad mm -hmm. quality picture. And if we put that on your website, you know, and we didn't don't compress it the way we used to compress it. Cause we, we have, we have like more knowledge on how to compress stuff so that image quality actually stays mm -hmm. the same, but the file size gets lower. And yeah. most, most people like con most consumers mm -hmm. do not know that. Right. So if you like let the, mm -hmm. the computer do it, like um, by embedding it into an email or by adding it to a word document, which is uh, sometimes even worse than um, the, um, yeah. the software does that without, without our expertise, right? And, and sometimes we'll have to like write you back mm -hmm. to tell you to send me us the picture in a bigger and higher quality. So what I always recommend is after you put the, um, the file onto your computer, uh, zip it, which means um, you're, you're compressing it yourself, but it's zipped in a way that the um, data is not lost, right? And then send it over. So mm -hmm. the thing that happens there is that the computer or the software cannot look into the zip file. So they cannot, they, they usually take images. It's automated, right? They take images and they, they, they compress it. But if it's a zip file, they can't do that because it's not an image file. Okay. So that's how, that's one way to like send um, high quality images over to your graphic designer or to your, to your um, photographer, whoever, whoever else, whoever needs it. Um, another thing about the image format size and stuff um, is that uh, you need to like, uh, take care of like what kind of image um, file size, you're, like what kind of image type you're using, right? So um, JPEG, you probably heard of JPEG. It's it's a compressed image format. So every time you open up a day JPEG mm -hmm. and you save a JPEG, it'll lose quality. And mm -hmm. if you do that 10 times, the, the, yeah. the, the picture you get out of it is not the same picture that you started with. So that's like one thing to keep in mind. If you're opening up those JPEGs in any image editing app and you're saving it as JPEG again, it'll, it will uh, drastically reduce the quality of the picture. Just, you can, you can try it out if you mm -hmm. want to, but, but always keep the original and always send the original to your, to your graphic designer. So that's like another thing. Um, DPI, you probably heard of that dots per inch or pixels per inch. Don't worry about that. Um, just, um, the most, the most important thing is the image size that's pixel times pixel, right? So the higher the sizes, usually, um, pictures that are like three to 4,000 or 5,000 or 6,000 pixels wide times the same, like about the same amount of height, right? Those are like the pictures that are in full quality with the um, phones that we have nowadays. So that's like what I keep in mind. Mm -hmm. The DPI, you can always change the DPI later on, but it has to be that, that size, that pixel size, because those are the actual pixels. DPI is only like if you're printing or it depends like where you're using it. If you're using it for, um, let's just say if you're printing it out for a magazine, you usually need about 300 to 600 DPI, depending like on the publisher, right? If you're using it for web, you'll need um, 96 to, or, or 72, depending on Mac or, um, or PCI, like 72 DPI, right? And um, mm -hmm. some uh, posters, like um, stuff you see like on billboards or like um, on the highways, they're like usually 150 DPI. So don't, don't worry about the DPI, just get the highest um, pixel size available 
and uh, just just um, zip it and send it over or um, upload it to Google Drive and send your um, or, or Dropbox and send them the link to that folder. Then they can download it in full quality. 100%. Yeah. Yep. I love it when that happens. I'm like, look at all these folders of images, especially if, and this is going to be really dorky, but if you've named them things that make sense <laughs> that I can use as like the meta tag and the alt description on the image, that's so great. Cause like your designer doesn't necessarily know the difference between a bucket truck and a, <laughs> <laughs> like what I, I had a guy um, who he sold equipment at auction and he would always send me these pictures and he'd be like, no, Monica, it's, it's the one with the front loader. And I'm like, <laughs> Jay, yo, I don't know. You sent me all these pictures of tractors. They're, what is a front loader? Is the front loader the thing that has like the two lifty things that looks like a forklift? <laughs> or is it that one over there that has like the, the scoopy thing that looks like a shovel. I mean, anyway, so just name stuff, things that make sense. And then it'll save you time in the long run because you won't have to rename everything. And, um, it's lovely. Such a good so tip. Lovely. Do it, do Such it. It'll a great be so tip. great. Yeah. <laughs> Graphic designers are not expert in your, in your expertise. You're the expert in that. So if you want them to use a front loader mm -hmm. or something like that, name it front loader and uh, they'll have an easier time. Also because of SEO, uh, search engine optimization is always good to like, um, they might add that if you're doing your website to like the, um, the, the metadata of the image itself, right? For it to rank mm -hmm. higher. So mm -hmm. if you actually have the name mm -hmm. of what that thing is on your picture, uh, written on the picture, then they'll have a lot easier time on, on trying to rank that website so people can find you more. So um, your ideal customers can find you better. Yeah. And last but not least, for from an ADA perspective, to make sure that you are building your website so people with disabilities mm. and people who can't see can actually experience it in the best possible way. You do need to have alt, to get alt tags on your images or else they will never know that they're even there. So then your image has no context and no meaning. And so it's just, it's just good practice. Like all the way around Google rewards, you, you make your designer happy. You'll be able to find it back. Cause it'll make sense. It's not just like DSG one, two, three, four, five, and you get to make it. So it's accessible to people with disabilities. See, just name stuff. Good names, friends. It's, it's, it's a win. <laughs> yeah, you can't absolutely. Lose. <laughs> so yeah. So then your designer can take that, the name of your image or any other um, like information you have about that and add it to the alt tag and, and to the descriptions. Right. So that'll, mm -hmm. that'll, that'll rank better. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And be, if it's easier yeah. for people to like visit, uh, to use your websites, easier for them to use, you know, um, then um, Google rewards that and, and, and ranks you higher. Yes. See, all reasons why we should name things and that Absolutely. makes sense. <laughs> well, Mark, I just want to ask, because I ask everybody this at the end of an interview, like, is there any final like words or tokens of advice that you feel like you need to give people about how to take better photos for their website using yeah, their phone? Yeah, it's practice. It's practice, actually. Um, 
So if you've never taken a picture before or like you don't really take pictures, don't 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 be the one taking the pictures. Um, get somebody that loves to post on Instagram, <laughs> you know, like and make themselves beautiful, like with filters and stuff like that, because they know how to do that. Like it doesn't have to be you. It could be like somebody like um, let's just say you have like an intern or somebody like, you know, like in the social media uh, up, um, social media. Um, department that knows how to take pictures of themselves, right? Let let them like take the pictures and mm -hmm. show you exactly what they're doing. Let them like um, make an SOP, uh, uh, standard operating procedure, like document what they're doing, right? Okay, if if um, you know, mm -hmm. you can give them a little bonus for doing that, um, and then and then yeah. you can use that to like um, to get better because the more you practice, the better your pictures are going to be. Like um, when I was a photographer. Back then, because I, I stopped actually like um, last year um, after like a, like a decade or more, uh, so I can focus more on my online business. Um, I used to try and be get better with each and every picture I took. So I take four thousand to fourteen thousand pictures on a on, on a wedding, maybe right. And I'm try I was trying mm -hmm. to get better after each and every picture I took. So I'm trying to make the next picture I take better than the one before. And that's how you get better. You try something that you never tried before. You, you, um, you, you know, like you do, like you can do courses, you can Google tips on how to take better pictures. You can look at good pictures and, and just think about like, what do I like about that picture? Can I like, can I replicate that on my pictures? You know, it's all about, it's all about actually, um, actually trying to learn how to be better. And the more you practice, the better mm -hmm. you're going to be getting. And the more you're going to be standing out from your competition. My lead developer says that for every website he builds, he tries to do one thing that he's never done before. Whether it's something that he doesn't know how he's going to code it in CSS or something that he feels like is a better way to build the site, but he hasn't done it before. And so it's like every website, he's like, I'm going to try this one new little chunk of thing. Cause he knows that he can't change the entire universe on every website we build, or we would always be working on the same project um, and never get paid. But it's just those little chunks that like build you up into something better. So I love that advice. Practice. When you said that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Practice. <laughs> so you are smart. Well, thank you everybody for hanging out with Mark and I. Um, Mark, where can they get a hold of you? How can they learn more about your content creation studio? Academy? Yeah, sure. Um, so thank you so much for asking. Um, yeah, there's going to be a link here in the show notes um, somewhere. And also if you want to like um, type it in, it's just like content minus creation minus studio minus academy.com. And that's where I put like the most recent mm -hmm. stuff on, on the site. I also have a checklist, which is just a backslash and checklist. If you're looking to like um, build um, a video studio for your business to like uh, go on more on social media, to have a video presence online. Because as we all know, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the whole world. Like Google's the biggest, right? And Google bought YouTube. So if you want, if you're on YouTube and you rank good in YouTube, people, you will show up in Google results, right? So it's always good to like build something, tell people, tell your um, customers about your products and like by making a video or show people like how you are, like how introduce everybody to your team and, um, and what, what your story is, like, why, why do you start that business? Like all those things can make a big, big impact mm -hmm. to like build trust, like ability and you know, like get people to like, yeah, to, to, to talk about you too. So, um, yeah, so that's where you can like find me if you want to like, if you're thinking about, um, adding the video component to like your business. Yeah. I feel like I need to do a podcast in the future. That's 
the videos that you need on your website that you didn't even know you needed <laughs> or something like that. Cause I do notice, like I just went through and set up the new Google analytics on a client site. They have a bunch of testimonial videos and now you can really track that kind of stuff and see what people are doing. And there are multiple videos that they have that people watch, like they watch them way more often than we ever thought. And they're watching some of them all the way through at least 25 to you know, percent of the time, which is great on like a five minute video, like what they have. And so now it's really trackable and you can see what people are doing where before it was just like, well, did they, did they see it? Did they, you know, it, it seemed like an undertaking, but I think it's valuable. Like it's good information and it's always good to display stuff in different yeah, here's ways. Uh, so maybe there's here. a future podcast yes, that would be for great. us. Yeah. So <laughs> one last tip, because I just uh, like have this in mind. Uh, um, yeah. So if you're if your um, clients or um, customers are asking you questions over and over again, like frequently asked questions, make a video of you like with a question, answering the question, then name the video like what the people are asking. So um, people go to YouTube because they have a problem or go to Google and they want that problem solved. Like when you're like trying to fix your, your um, dishwasher and you want to know how to fix it, or if your mm -hmm. phone like doesn't work anymore, you want to know how to like, like, you know, get it to work again guess what you're typing in Google or YouTube, right? So those things that, that those could be like the titles of your video. And if people are asking about your company, mm -hmm. about your product, about like all those things, right? Um, make a quick video. Like it doesn't have to be like uh, top of the like amazing quality. Just make a quick video answering that question, right? And then call like mm -hmm. the title has got to be like the question, right? Uh, and the answer, of course, like, you know, like the yeah. solution to that and mm -hmm. how to, how to like, yep like 10 ways to do this or how to fix this. You know what I mean? And, 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 um, and yeah. people searching for the, the, um, the solution to the problem, they're at a point where they need the solution to the problem right now. So if your company shows up there, mm -hmm. they'll probably reach out to you. If you, if you show them how to fix the problem, they'll need more help from you. Yeah. I just made one the other day. Cause I was like aligning bullet points in Canva and they actually came out with some new features that are, that are easier, but their can't, their bullet points are very rudimentary. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you want a different style bullet point, you have to literally build it with an image and then you have to like align all this crap. And so I was doing it and I thought, man, I bet people don't know how to do this. Cause I'm kind of like cowboy, like designing this, like it, I'm, it's hijacked. It's just no rules, wild west of canvaing. And so I just made a quick video on aligning bullet points in Canva and I didn't really promote it anywhere, but it's already has like over a hundred views. And I was like, well, that's exciting. See, I helped somebody align a bullet <laughs> point. That's so good. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, shameless plug, go figure out how to align <laughs> your bullet points in Canva friends. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mark, and being my first international guest on Marketing with Purpose. And um, definitely go out and check out Mark's checklist at content-creation-studio-academy.com. And yeah. And okay. So I guess that's it. So until next time, everybody, you know what to do. Go forth and market with purpose. Thanks again for listening to Marketing with Purpose. Head over to maycreate.com, M-A-Y-E-C-R-E-A-T-E.com. Yeah, you heard me right, M-A-Y-E-create.com. For podcast notes and more resources to grow your business. Don't let your marketing suck. Get your pride on. Market with Purpose. <laughs>